0: We are back. This is Dynasty Decisions episode number 101. We are firmly in the triple digits now. Appreciate all of you guys commenting on Dynasty Decisions number 100, saying when you found the channel. Shout out to at Sensitive Scott. He actually won the free uh, flock membership for the year. He hasn't actually got back to me yet, so we'll re-roll that if he doesn't. But Scott, if you're listening to this, definitely hit me up or hit Danny up on Twitter and Discord, whatever. But if you guys are new to this channel, what we do on this video is we break down Dynasty teams we talk about all the decisions that you guys have rookie picks trades whatever you guys could be going through contending and rebuilding questions and we give you guys personalized advice if you want access to these videos our flock fantasy uh, subscribers using promo code fsc get first dibs but we do eventually get to some free submissions as well we are a little bit backed up with some flock submissions right now so we probably won't be getting to any free ones anytime soon but danny how you doing
1: doing well doing well and yeah like we mentioned on dynasty decisions number 100 We couldn't have imagined, once we put out that first episode, the amount of support you guys have shown. So we really do appreciate you guys getting us to Dynasty uh, Dynasty Decisions episode 101, potentially going on for the next 500,000 episodes, man. We were really excited to continually break down your guys' teams and get you guys in winning position. But with that being said, before we get into the first team, as always, y'all know what we got to do. Let's hit the damn intro.
0: All right, so we're kicking things off here with Zach T's team. Again, this new format, you guys really seem to love that. It only took us 100 episodes, literally, to figure out that we could do this, but uh, definitely um, you know, better late than never. So Zach, T, uh, Zach T's team here, 12-team, PPR, uh, lineup format, Super Flex League, no premiums or anything like that. Does have Justin Herbert, Bryce Young, Derek Carr, and some others at quarterback. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Javante Williams, Kendra Miller, Chuba Hubbard, and others at running back. Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel, Christian Kirk, Jaden Reed, Amari Cooper, and others at wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, Michael Mayer is a decent duo there at tight end. Looks like he does have some good draft capital this year as well with the 105, the 108, and the 109. And then his first next year, um, minus his second and his third, and then all of his future picks in 2026. So pretty well-built roster here, I would say. Pretty balanced, a lot of young talent. You got... Probably an ability to compete if things break right for you, and you know, three top 10 picks or top nine picks in this year's rookie class. So, how do you kind of diagnose this thing?
1: Yeah, so I mean, clearly, looking at the top, you do have some foundational assets, you do have uh, a lot of picks banked up, including a pick within that first tier, I would say, of this year's rookie draft. So, looking at the team right now, obviously, you can go a number of directions depending on what comes to you on the clock in the rookie draft, but. There's no real glaring weakness on this team, which is nice. Like you can make the argument, okay, would I want to feel more secure at quarterback two? Sure. Would I want to have, you know, maybe one other stud wide receiver added? Sure. But there's no like clear, oh, you need to add this in your rookie draft. Otherwise you are fucked type of need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he says, uh, I've talked with the manager at 103 and proposed to him 108 and 109. He said he was interested, but he wants to wait towards draft time. Maybe, um, you know, kind of see what is available for him there at 103. He said he certainly doesn't mind trading his own 2025 first as well, since he's pretty confident with this team. And he said uh, that that pick will probably be late. He said at 105, I'll be happy with either neighbors or one of the three quarterbacks. He said he hasn't had much luck trading for a stud quarterback. A manager wants to trade him like Nico Collins for the 108, but he doesn't feel feel like that helps me too much. Um, I know I don't want to just sit and draft all three picks. I mean, I would say it's not a bad thing if you have to sit and draft all three picks. But I will say, knowing that you have a young team already, a lot of foundational assets, you do have the flexibility to, say, spend the 105, trade 108 and 109 up to get a player or trade it for a veteran or trade one of those players for a veteran and spend the other one. You do have a lot of flexibility with this team, which is always a great position to be in.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, honestly, I mean, looking right now, you could pretty much pigeonhole a player at the 105 unless somebody's willing to offer you, like, I don't know, Puka Nakua for 105 plus 2026 20, 2. Like, realistically, unless you get blown away from an offer, 105 is probably slated for a Malik Neighbors, or maybe if you're higher on Jaden Daniels for a Jaden Daniels, or maybe uh, if you get rinsed out on both those guys. Maybe if you get rinsed out on both of those spots, you can then trade the pick. But realistically, that 105, you know, is going to be able to net you a needle moving type of asset.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what are your thoughts on the 108 and the 109 for the 103 or that trade that he was offered already, which was Nico Collins for the 108?
1: Yeah, uh, I I would definitely agree with you that making the move for Nico as much as I like Nico kind of feels like not really upgrading the roster. Like, yeah, I would prefer Nico to the 108, but I would rather use the 108 and the 109 and go add a staple asset to this team. Start 10 league. You do need some needle movers. You do need some hammers. So if 108 plus 109, like you said, is able to net you up to the 103, you can get a Marvin Harrison Jr. added. You can get even a Drake May added and be able to use that 105 pick on Malik Neighbors. You want as much flexibility as possible and realistically having the 108 and 109 affords you the opportunity to solidify one spot.
0: Yeah, he said he hasn't had much luck trading for a stud quarterback. I, by stud quarterback, I'm assuming he means like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, yeah. those type of guys. My question would be to you is, you know, can you use that 108 and 109 or, you know, some of your other assets to go after a Kyler Murray or somebody that's going to yeah. be a solidified dude. And in the process, if you could maybe even offload a guy like Bryce Young, who who represents some risk for your team, he could, you know, lose some value. He could gain some value. But I also just don't hate the idea. If all it costs you is 108 and 109 for Kyler Murray, potentially even Kyler Murray plus, I think I would be absolutely willing to do a deal like that because then you lock down two absolute stud young quarterbacks that are going to produce a high level of fantasy production to go along with the rest of this roster and the one Oh five. So if you can trade for maybe not a stud quarterback, but a guy like Kyler Murray or a guy uh, I'm trying to think in that area, Anthony Richardson, potentially if you're high on him or Trevor Lawrence, maybe you could buy low on Trevor Lawrence with like the one Oh eight and one of your wide receivers or the one, like there's going to be leagues right now where, where Trevor Lawrence is going for a very, you know, you know, low price tag. So he's also the type of guy that I would love to add to a team like this.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you mentioned the Kyler bit. Like, even if you want a little bit of extra, let's just say, oh, I love the 108-109, but I, I'm scared that I won't be able to replace my quarterback too. Throw in Derek Carr, maybe get a twenty twenty 2 add it back to that. You add a 25-2 to replenish because you only have your first next year. That's the type of move that uh, really helps both teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of teams, you know, like you said, if they're trading away a guy like Kyler Murray, maybe they know that they're not going to get a great quarterback yeah. 108, 109, which I mean, it's possible they still do, you know, the talk they we're could. hearing about J.J. McCarthy and Bo uh, Nix and some of these other quarterbacks in this year's class. So again, I, I would say similar to what he talked about already, there's no real reason to make any moves like this now. Like you're you're, t- you're dealing with unknowns with the value that we're talking about here. It's possible that that 108 and 109 lose a little bit of value right uh, after the draft because we don't get say four first round quarterbacks or you know, we don't get great landing spots for some of these top receiver prospects like Thomas and, you know, Worthy and Franklin, some of the guys that are going in that 108, 109 range right now. But it's also possible what if Jonathan Brooks goes in the second round of the Cowboys and all of a sudden he's the 109 in rookie drafts and J.J. McCarthy goes to the Vikings in the first round and he's the 108 in rookie drafts and suddenly you have better assets to offload yeah. for, you know, suddenly Nico Collins isn't worth the 108 anymore. He's worth the 110 or the 111. You can get Nico Collins plus a second or Nico Collins and, uh, You know, you can trade 108 and Derek Carr for Nico Collins and Geno Smith or something like that.
1: Yeah, 100%. And uh, when it comes to it, like unless I'm willing to upgrade at the pick position or into a hammer type of asset, like there's no need for you to move the 108 or the 109 for non-top-end fantasy football assets at this point, like Corey said. Because if Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy both get first-round draft capital, if maybe two running backs go inside the top 50 and surprise everyone, maybe, you know, uh, let's just do the math, six, seven wide receivers go round one, like, Those back-end first-round picks are going to be at the mercy of the draft to either lose a bunch of value or gain a bunch of value. But I lean on the fact that it's much more likely they gain a bunch of value because of the hype we're hearing at the quarterback position pushing the other talent down
0: yeah there's got to be one guy that goes in the first round at wide receiver that goes to the bills or the chiefs or the Bengals or something the guy that has a great landing spot that's going to be the solidified 108 for most people or the solidified 109 if we get another quarterback in the first round for most people so uh, zach does have a couple trades listed here that he made during the season uh september 29th he traded away zach charbonnet and qj so moving off of that the qj dud performances this probably would have been right around the time mike williams tore his acl and you get javante williams who was coming off of a torn acl and then you take a flyer on trail on Burks. I would say this is relatively like, you know, you send away risky assets, you get some risky assets in return. Who do you believe in? I believe in Javante Williams the most yeah. in this trade. So I kind of like that. I think Burks is, you know, headed towards QJ territory already as well, even, you know, a year advanced into his career. So those two guys kind of wash out for me. And then it's Javante Williams versus Zach Charbonnet. And I prefer Javante Williams.
1: No, I am more so meant it as a, this is a, who do you believe in type of trade? Because realistically you can make the argument that there's no set Proven asset in this deal right now. I would agree with you that out of all these assets, I would prefer Javante Williams the most. So I would lean that side of the deal. But if you're a big Zach Charbonnet guy, or if you're a Chargers fan, you think QJ is going to turn around. Like at this point, there's not a huge package on either side to the point where one person is ripping the other off.
0: Yeah. And at the time that you made this, I think this was a timely move. You move yeah. off of QJ with the information we had already. Javante Williams was, you know, potentially a bounce back candidate throughout the season. He could have finished the season strong and this trade would have looked a lot better. Burks was injured, I believe at the time too. So that might've boded a little bit well for you. If he had broken out at the second half of the season, that didn't really happen. I'm not really sure what to expect the Burks going forward. Um, selling Joe Mixon for the one Oh nine. I mean, you're in a position probably this year, I would imagine where you're kind of like in a house money window. Maybe Joe Mixon was going to help you try and compete, but moving off of a guy like him, a 27 year old running back with as much touches as he has for the one Oh nine is always a good deal in my opinion. And then you uh, trade away CJ Stroud, which kind of sucks that this is how this kind of aged. But at the time, I think this was probably decent process. I mean, you get Bryce young who at the, you know, rookie draft time was valued above CJ Stroud. You get Kenneth Walker and the one Oh five. So I mean, it's a nice insulated trade. You still get a young quarterback back. You get 105. You get Kenneth Walker, who's a top 10 dynasty running back. It just sucks that C.J. Stroud has become more valuable, even more so than when you made this deal, because he was still very valuable yeah. when you made this deal. It's just now he's like a top five dynasty quarterback.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, at the time you made this, this is a super, super sharp process, right? Bryce Young just went into 101. C.J. Stroud just went 102. Bryce Young, yeah, he didn't look great in the first couple of weeks, and C.J. Stroud did, but at that point... The hype on CJ Stroud hadn't built up yet. The pessimism on Bryce Young hadn't built up yet to the point where we're looking at those guys. Even if you preferred CJ Stroud at the time of this deal, we were looking at those guys relatively interchangeably. So pocketing the Kenneth Walker, pocketing the future 105, Like you can make the case that although you would prefer maybe CJ Stroud if you made this deal now, I wouldn't necessarily say oh yeah, you just got completely ripped off cuz 105 is going to be a top 24 asset in super flex startup drafts. Uh Bryce Young's probably going to be a fourth, fifth rounder in a lot of sharp rooms. Kenneth Walker maybe a sixth, seventh rounder. So if you're doing the math, let's just say CJ Stroud is the 106 in startups. You traded that for like 104, 207, um Bryce Young 408 and I don't know, Kenneth Walker 609.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? Something like that. So again, didn't age the best but not the worst move in the world yeah. for sure but uh, we've spent a lot of time on this team you're very well set up to be able to add players add picks add rookies whatever you need to do to to help your competing window start as soon as this year is probably going to be where you're at uh, hopefully some of your young players develop I wouldn't be totally opposed to moving off of one of your tight ends for a little bit more of a productive one if things are starting to go well maybe you can get off of Kyle Pitts for somebody that's a little bit uh, more proven like a Mark Andrews right now for not a lot of uh, added value on top of that so you're in a Good position we could probably move on to Joe R's team. You guys can see it on the screen here. Twelve team PPR tight end premium super flex league. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson is the top quarterbacks. Devon Achan, Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders. Pretty light at running back, but a lot of upside there. Justin Jefferson, Puka Nakua, Nico Collins, A.J. Brown, Drake London, Marquise Brown, Dontavian Wicks, Gabe Davis. Very strong at wide receiver. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, Greg Dolchich, Cade Otten and Chigaconko. A lot of upside. One of those guys should be productive for you there at tight end. And then he does have the 107, the 207, the 208, 407 and then he has all of his future picks minus his 2025 second rounder. So he said, uh this was a startup that he did in 2023 and it's his first year. It was his first year playing dynasty. Like he said, uh bench is really deep. There's two rookies as the taxis. He does have to cut four of these players to make room for the rookie draft. I probably wouldn't worry about that yet. Um he said he's hit on one, potentially two quarterbacks with CJ Stroud and with Anthony on Richardson. Two. Uh, I would say you hit on both. Even if you don't believe in Anthony Richardson, you can move off right now for a guy that you do believe in. So that's a hit.
1: Yeah. Anytime you can move off a quarterback and get Kyler Murray plus, I would say you hit on that quarterback after one year. So I know know what you mean. Like, oh, we know what CJ Stroud is at this point. He's ascended like to his top tier, like where he can be. Whereas Anthony Richardson, he only showed a small sample size. But at this current point, given the value, like, even though Justin Fields now maybe people are more pessimistic on, if someone were to sell him last offseason, it was a hit because he was going at the back end of the first rounder. So even if you don't believe in Anthony Richardson, you can sell him off for that type of liquidity, aka making him a hit. So I really do think you hit there. Uh, wide receiver position, you mentioned you got Puka for free on top of an already stacked core. I mean, even if you remove Puka from this, having Jefferson, Nico, AJ Brown, Drake London, and then you add Puka to that. Start eleven league. I don't know how many teams are going to be able to field the wide receiver group like that,
0: yeah, And he said he feels like he's a house money team. I think that's a perfect ex- assessment. Yeah. I think you're probably actually closer even to more a advanced than you are to yeah. a house money team, given your wide receiver core and the top two quarterbacks you have. Um, He's basically asking, should I try and move a few pieces to try and upgrade a position? I would say if your attitude towards Anthony Richardson is that you don't think he's a hit yet and you wanted to add Anthony Richardson plus maybe the 107 or plus the 207 or plus one of your young receivers and go after Allen Mahomes you know, whoever Jalen hurts, maybe you want to buy low on Joe Burrow. Maybe you want to buy low on to move off of that risk that Anthony Richardson doesn't become a stud quarterback, because I don't think that's a bad move. Like, in fact, if you had done that with Trey Lance a couple of years ago, you'd be in a very good position right now. If you had done that with Justin yeah. Fields last year, you'd be in a very good position right now. So taking these young upside running quarterback prospects that could hit, If Richardson hits, obviously, if he has a monster season next year, he might be the one-on-one in dynasty drafts. Like he has that type of upside, but at the same time, he could also go the route of a Justin Fields where he loses a little bit of value because he's not quite ready to be an NFL passer yet. So if you're a little bit worried about Richardson, I don't think given the team construction that you have it right now, it's a bad idea to use Richardson to upgrade to Burrow, to Hertz, to Herbert, to whatever quarterback you feel better about.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, again, like unless you're getting solid value on it, I wouldn't be pressed to do it because again, I still believe in Anthony Richardson. But um, like yeah, if you were a little bit worried, I don't blame you for making that type of move. But let's go on to some of these trades because in chronological order, uh, feels a little bit weird. I'm not gonna lie. The first one sending Kendra Miller 307, 2025, second, you get Brandon Ayuk. Don't have to spend much time there. I really think you fleece him. Brandon Ayuk is a clear top 15, potentially even a top 10 overall dynasty wide receiver, and getting him for I would say probably a late to the 307 and a future second of value for a guy I'd be willing to spend at least a one and two and on uh one and two on sign me up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, ho- I wish you could have held on to him because we're going yes, to get that trade here in a second. Uh, Rashad Bateman and Jahan Dotson, you sold for Gabe Davis and Dontavian Wicks. I think Jahan Dotson's the best him. guy in this deal. Personally, it's not a huge difference. I think Wicks is a lot of upside still too. Um, whatever you like Wicks, you like Gabe Davis. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think Gabe Davis is probably going to see a downgrade here in free agency, but if he's magically re-signed with the bills, maybe you're, you walked into a wide receiver three, four production piece with, you know, not a whole lot of invested, um, pieces there. Rashad Bateman's basically worth nothing. So he doesn't really factor in. It's basically Dotson for Davis and Wicks. So I guess you're kind of just taking two lottery throws there.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, the final deal again, he has some elaboration on some of these. So we'll, we'll read it after we just go through it, like without you know, any, anything, giving us some bias for this deal, January 29th, 2024. I would not be giving up Brandon. Ayuk for that. I would not like uh, genuinely speaking. Obviously I understand from your spot tight ends, the weakest spot on your team. You mentioned here, we'll get into a second that you do believe in Roshan and the 208 is a solid pick given the depth of this class, but you need to be getting more for Brandon. Ayuk if you're going to be selling Brandon, Ayuk and you want a tight end back. You should be targeting the top echelon of dynasty tight end. Like you could you could say, what does Brendan Ayuk plus get me to Sam Laporta? Like what do I have to add? Is it the 207 plus the 407? If it if it's the 207 plus a 2025 third, I would rather use Brendan Ayuk to get a Sam Laporta type to get a high end dynasty tight end rather than sell him up for spare parts, which I think he did.
0: Yeah, when you're when your roster's already deep like this, you're you're better off going after yeah. studs. Um, like you just said, go after Laporta, go after Andrews, go after Kincaid, go after whatever guy that you're into. So for me, it's like you got three players that you believe in. With Friermuth, it is a tight end premium. He's probably worth a little bit more in that format. Roshan Johnson, like you he said, he's probably going to take over the backfield at some point. And I like Roshan Johnson, but yeah. Ayuk is a solidified stud already. He was first team all pro this year. Like he, He's yeah. literally a stud wide receiver already. So in my opinion, instead of selling him off for three guys that could hit, you should have sold him off for one guy that is a hit already.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And again, we'll get into some of the elaboration now. He says in the first deal in October, he wanted one more solid wide receiver and just uh, to just overload. And he thought he got got him fairly cheap. I think he got him more than fairly cheap. I think he got an absolute steal there getting Brandon Ayuk. So very. You basically sold
0: him for the same deal, though. That's the thing I don't really Th- like about issue. what you did here. It's like you basically you traded three spare part assets for Ayuk. You should have just stopped right there instead yeah. of trading him away for three better spare part assets. You know what I mean?
1: For sure. He made another one January 1st, I believe he meant to write. Uh, It's January 29th listed here, but maybe he meant January 1st. Went heavy on risk with Gabe Davis and Tavian Wicks. Bayman doesn't seem like the guy that I know, and Dotson I like, but I'm not 100% sold with the new quarterback in the system coming in. I will say, new quarterback, I understand having concern, but if that new quarterback's going to be the second overall pick, I'm not too worried about that upgrade.
0: Yeah, especially if it's Drake May and like he already gave kind of rationale to the IU stuff that I went over. He likes 2025 for Roshan Johnson. He likes, you know, um Pat Frymuth and he thinks the class is deep at 208. So, again, I understand your rationale. I just think yeah. you should have gotten uh better assets. But regardless, I mean, one blunder is yeah. not going to really make up for this yeah. monster roster that you've built up awesome so far monster. at the 107 you have the choice of whatever guy falls to you. I Hawk think hours would make a ton of sense for this team as well. <laughs> if he is there with a one point tight end premium, he would be an awesome, awesome value. But at the same time, you could just sit and roll with Romo Dunze as well. So, There's a lot that you could do here. The other thing that you could do is sell 107 for a running back if you wanted to. You could probably get Jonathan Taylor maybe even higher up on the running back pecking order. Maybe it gets you 107 plus something to get all the way up to Brees or Gibbs or Bijan. But probably Jonathan Taylor is what you're looking at there with that pick.
1: Yeah, and I mean uh, we just mentioned with Brock Bowers. like We can get to the point where you wait at 107. If Brock Bowers goes before your pick, let's just say he goes 106 and Romo Doonzey is the pick you have to make at 107. Then you reach out to the guy that Brock Bauer, uh, that took Brock Bowers saying, well, is there anything I can do to trade up with my Romo Dunze to secure Brock Bowers? And he's going to see your team. So he might just say, I want the 208 to be able to make this. And given where you're at in terms of your wide receiver core, in terms of your overall roster, I don't mind paying a little bit of a premium to go make sure you get Brock Bowers in a tie-down premium.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a really good roster, dude. I wouldn't Agreed. even be like opposed to just set like if you had if you take romo Dunze 107 just go after laporta go after yeah. uh, mark andrews you're going to be ready to compete next year so you don't even need to take the risk on a young tight end like brock bowers the mm-hmm. types of teams that need to take guys like brock bowers are guys that are trying to make up value on the roster you already have a shit ton of it so you might as well just go buy a production piece use pat Friermuth to go up to get mark andrews or whatever you have to do so i mean we don't have to spend much more time on this team it is in very very good shape so we're going to move on To uh, Daniel Krause's team, you guys can see it on the screen there. Um, We got another uh, 10 team this time, PPR League, super flex format, half tight end, premium with CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. Looks like he got all of his quarterbacks last year with Tannehill and Jimmy G. I have a lot of Tannehill, Jimmy G at the back end of my (laughs) rosters as well. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Tajay Spears, uh, Jalen Waddle, Drake London, Chris Godwin, JSN, Juan Dale, Trey Palmer, Demario Douglas, uh, and then Mark Andrews and a couple other guys there. The two Packers tight ends at uh, tight end there. Absolutely monster pick bank. One hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred four, two hundred four, and then uh, first in twenty twenty five and a bunch of seconds in twenty twenty five, which as I talked about in yesterday's video, could be a absolute honeypot for running backs in that class because it's going to be a very deep running back class 2026. He also has a bunch of extra picks, including an extra first and second and a couple thirds as well. So, I mean, this one looks like a ton of fun. Let me ask, let me tell you, this is a fun, fun rebuild that he's got on his hands.
1: Hear me out. Cause he mentions it here that, There's no real monsters, but there's teams that are monsters positionally like one guy has Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, Trayvon Diggs, Stefan Diggs, but he starts Stafford and Minshew as his quarterbacks. He says the league market is a bit lower on quarterbacks, but is higher on wide receivers. Uh, which makes sense, in my opinion. It is a 10-team start 11 league. Um, I I understand why people want to grab the wide receivers because there's two wide receivers and four flexes you could play on any given week. In this type of format, you want to prioritize players that can score you a ton of points. And in your spot, because you have C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, you kind of mentioned, do I stick to my value uh, or do I try to uh, cave to the the league market? In a 10-man league, I don't mind taking Marvin Harrison first overall. You also have the one and two, by the way.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't really matter. I, you're yeah. probably just going to walk out of this class with the top two quarterbacks. What I would do, because I believe that, as we talked about with the last team, Richardson and Bryce Young, a little bit riskier, definitely good, you know, bets to make if you're trying to look after, um, you know, your quarterback position. But if you can still get good value, even 95 cents on the dollar for Anthony Richardson to get some wide receiver talent on this team or to get some more draft capital in the future, just Backload Caleb Williams at the 101. Have CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams, Bryce Young going forward. And then at 102, you take Marvin at 104. You probably are taking Malik Neighbors there, hopefully. Um, and then you're just you're rolling with this team. This is a this team's gonna be a ton of fun. You also, if you wanted to, could go after superstar quarterbacks because they're undervalued. If you wanted to go after Allen, if you wanted to go after Mahomes, if you wanted to go after, you know, whatever, you already have Stroud, so you already have one of them. So you're in a pretty good position regardless. I mean, he he also asked to like, he's not sure where to go from here. Does he push his chips in the middle or do you kind of stick and trust the process and hope team kind of balls out? Um, He said he's been a faithful submitter uh, for a while. Of course, we know Daniel's been on this very, very many times. And he also has a bunch of trades listed here, which are a lot of fun to go
1: through. So let's talk about the trade on the table, right? I want to know your thoughts. 10 team, start 11 league. You're getting offered Trevor Lawrence and Puka for CJ Shroud.
0: I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy. I think I would do that. Um, but I think I would too. You're in a position where you don't really need to take a bunch of risk, but at the same time, if you sell CJ Stroud off, you grab Trevor Lawrence, you have another wide receiver that you can build around. I think I would rather do this deal if you were getting somebody that I feel a little bit better about long term. Like as I love Puka don't get me wrong, but I would rather do this deal if it was Trevor Lawrence, Garrett Wilson, or Trevor Lawrence. You know, obviously, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, yeah. or AJ, Br- like, or um, uh, Justin Jefferson. I don't know. This one's like right on it. the fringe for me, but I think given how I value Trevor Lawrence and how I value Puka Nakua, you're basically telling me you can trade down from 105 or 106 in a startup to like 112, where I have Trevor Lawrence ranked, and, you know, the 209 or the 212, where I have Puka Nakua ranked. So for me, I think I would probably it's, do this trade.
1: It's two seconds in a startup for a mid first rounder. I think process wise, you, you do have to take it. Cause I mean, if we're equating overall first of value, for Puka and Trevor Lawrence, I'd easily make the case that you could probably get two ones for both those assets at this point. point, two ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you'd be hard oh, pressed yeah. to get four ones for anybody, let alone like, and maybe that's what Stroud is worth, but it's just, it's hard to find somebody that actually has that
1: kind has of capital. The capital. Yeah. It's easier for you to sell. If, you, if you're talking about equatable value to sell each of Trevor Lawrence and Puka respectively and get four total first. Whereas if you're selling CJ Stroud, not a lot of people, except for the rebuilders who would want value on their end, would be able to even trade for C.J. Stroud.
0: Yeah, and maybe if you're not a huge Puka guy or a huge Lawrence guy, maybe you could just take one of those individual assets in the trade, move up from Lawrence to Burrow or move up from Puka to Garrett Wilson or move up from Puka to C.D. Lamb or whatever if you wanted to do that. And you could um, you know, kind of fashion the trade. You have the capital to do it. Like It wouldn't probably cost you much more on top of Puka Nakua to get to one of those higher-end wide receivers or much more on top of Trevor Lawrence to get to one of those higher-end quarterbacks.
1: Well, the beauty of this fit is you're going to be adding Marvin Harrison Jr. with one of those picks. Like, that's going to be my advice for sure. You have to add Marvin Harrison with one of them. You're going to be adding, uh, let's just say you make this move, you add Puka Nakua. Then you're looking at a potential start six wide receiver uh, every week type of team where you have Jalen Waddle, Drake London, Chris Godwin, Jackie Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Puka Nakua. Like, you mentioned and that guy. Malik Neighbors as well at 104. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially Malik Neighbors as well. So, stacking up the wide receiver position puts you in a good spot. You could also look to potentially say, hey, uh, I just traded CJ Stroud. So let's just say your quarterback core is uh, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and you have the option of potentially getting Caleb Williams. Then at that point, can you say, well, what plus Bijan Robinson? What's, what plus Jameer Gibbs? What plus? I mean, you have Bijan, so it probably wouldn't be Bijan. What plus Jameer Gibbs? What plus Brees Hall? What plus one of those running backs would you be willing to give for a team that needs a quarterback? Like I would be willing to give Anthony Richardson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Th- that all you makes sense. I mean, the trades that he makes here on uh, New Year's Eve, it looks like he sold um, a first essentially for Jalen Waddle and a second. Like you got, a, you gave yeah. away a second, a late one in 2024. You get a random 2025 20, second, and then you give away a 26 third. So that's you basically got Waddle for one first, and I'm assuming that's your first because the other first that you have listed here is early, and I, I don't think yours will be early. So it'll probably be yeah. or whatever first you sold. I'm I'm assuming it's the later of the two. Kyler Murray and Pat Fryermuth for Bryce Young and Mark Andrews. I think I might've leaned with the Kyler Murray side there. I just, I think yeah. the risk that you undertook by going after Bryce Young was unnecessary. As much as I like I Mark understand Andrews. It though. I, I, I understand the move. I, I think you were buying low on Mark Andrews. That's essentially why you made this trade. But yeah. I think Kyler Murray is the best asset in the deal still. And I think he is the safest asset in the deal still. So I probably would have just held Murray and gone after Andrews if, in a different way.
1: If this was Sam Laporta, I would have been like happier to make this type of move. But because, uh, like you said, I know why you did this deal. You did this deal because you have C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Kyler Murray, and you want to try to get value for one. I completely understand the thought process of doing it. It's just with Mark Andrews at the time he made it, coming off that injury, older tight end, not as much liquidity as maybe a young tight end you could have gotten. Again, if this was Bryce Young and Sam Laporta, I would have been you know, talking about how sharp of a move it was, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And Bryce is going to be less valuable in a 10 team league than Kyler is too, because yeah. of the rushing, um, discrepancy between those two quarterbacks as well. So not a huge, huge fan of that deal, but I will say, I yeah. mean, the thing that's the thing that I'm, I come back to with the Stroud deal is like, you you don't really need to give up studs, but at the same time, I think you're getting two studs back. So it's okay. In my opinion, to do that Trevor Lawrence and Puka Nakua deal, but regardless, I mean, you're in a really good spot. You, you, been a follower yeah. of the channel for like three years. What I'm you sure doing? you kind of know what you're doing at this point. And we could probably move on to the next team uh, here, which is from Carter, who I know has been in my Instagram DMS asking about Actually, when his team is going to be on. So finally <laughs> we got you on here, Carter 10 team PPR half tight end premium, super flex league. Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young as the quarterback core. A little bit risky there, but I definitely like that still. ETN, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, a bunch of other guys at running back. And then you got uh, Jalen Waddle. He is a Dolphins fan. He has listed here. T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, just the power number two wide receivers by the looks of it. Drake London, Jordan Addison too. And then you got Kyle Pitts, Kincaid as your main tight ends with Tucker Craft on your taxi. It looks like he finished in... Um, Third place this year, he has the 108, 208, 408, 303, and then all of his future picks. So really good team uh, in terms of how he's built it. Um, He has a bunch of notes here. He said, unfortunately, this rookie draft is a snake, which is weird. He said, it seems the league will be voting to change this. However, it does not go into effect until 2026 at the earliest. Uh, The league is very top heavy. Apparently the average score per team, was uh, 2,026 points with four managers finishing above 2,200 points on the season. So I guess this snake draft format has really benefited these guys <laughs> by the looks of it. Um, yeah. But what are your thoughts on the team? And then we'll get into some of his other stuff here.
1: Yeah, I mean, so right off the bat, it's a very balanced team. 10-team start, 10-format. Uh, Superflex here. You do have that .5 tight end premium, which we will get into in a second. Excuse me. Quarterback, obviously, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young. You kind of got to have like a piece of each tier, if you will. Like uh, Josh Allen, obviously, being the top tier of quarterback, Deshaun Watson kind of uh, being unproven, but having shown an elite standing in the past, and then Bryce Young having not shown it. But first, overall, draft capital, uh, potential appreciating situation there. Dave Canales getting hired, maybe a number one wide receiver getting added. Bright future for Bryce Young, but obviously a lot of risk given what he looked like in his first year. uh, Second, I mean, your running back core, Travis Etienne. And I'm not going to say a bunch of fodder, but that's kind of where it is at this point. Like, there's no clear-cut RB2 on this team, which, I mean is definitely not the worst place to be in. Like if you're going to pick one spot to be bad at, it's going to be RB2 because that's the easiest spot to fill in long term. You do have a lot of wide receiver help. And then you also have two of the top six or so dynasty tight ends there with Kyle Pitts and Dalton Kincaid and that half tight end premium format.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he outlines too that this is a emperor pot league. He thinks his team is a house money team. Um, he said he's not locked in as like a top contender, but he's probably like a top four team in this league. So he doesn't have like the best team, but he's, you know, definitely a playoff contender, mainly due to his RB room. He said he still has an outside shot of winning. So, I mean, he's like the juggernauts at the top. They're, they're going to have some big holes on their rosters going into 2025 and beyond because they probably have the McCaffrey's of the world and those type of guys, Tyreek's and stuff like that. He said he will still stay relatively competitive. What moves should I be making to optimize his window for 2025 and 2026 when those teams start to kind of taper off a little bit and he can kind of come into his own? Because I mean, by 2025, 2026, all your wide receivers are still going to be very, very relevant. You have a bunch of young wide receivers. Tight ends are going to be probably in their prime by that point. ETN is the one guy that would be a little bit shaky at that point in time, but your quarterbacks are probably pretty safe. Um, The thing that I look at with this roster in general is you have a lot of unnecessary risk here. That's the thing that I keep coming back to. You got two quarterbacks that are very risky with Deshaun Watson and Bryce Young. You got Kyle Pitts, who's very risky in my opinion. You got ETN, who's kind of risky as well because you said, you know, you got an outside shot of winning, but maybe not until 2025, 2026. If you wanted to, I think you could definitely reorganize and refashion your distribution of assets and maybe sell off Pitts for like, you know, future capital in 25 or 26, maybe uh, transition Watson into a younger quarterback or into picks himself. And then if you wanted to hold the guy like Bryce Young, that's fine. But I don't know. When I look at this, I'm like, yeah, you're probably pretty close. You probably could compete, but you're going to know your league better than I do. If you look at these teams and they're, they're just unbelievably loaded and there's more than one of them, then you're probably better off kind of refashioning your distribution of assets here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Uh, you have a lot of uh, you know players that you could potentially liquidate at this current point. Like you said, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young, uh, Kyle Pitts, if you chose to, though. I, I would personally rather give up on uh, Dalton Kincaid than I would Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts kind of has a stank on him right now, whereas Dalton Kincaid, I really feel like maybe you don't make the move now because maybe people are like, oh, he kind of finished the weird uh, year wonky, you know, last couple games, playoffs didn't really have that type of role that I was looking for. I'm telling you right now, if you decided to move him by August, by July, we're going to start hearing by then, oh, we're going heading into redraft season. Dalton Kincaid is the number two weapon on this offense because Gabe Davis left in free agency and a rookie wide receiver is not going to be ahead of him on the pecking order. Like there's going to be a lot of buzz, a lot of narrative. Going in the favor of Dalton Kincaid. And like Corey said, if at that point someone's willing to give you maybe a mid projected one and a mid projected two in 2025, I'd be willing to take that for Kincaid knowing that you have pits in your back pocket.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a lot of potential here. You just kind of have some refashioning and reorganizing to do. So see what guys are going to be going for a lot on the open market. Maybe it's even some of your wide receivers as well. If you wanted to see what they can get, like if Hagan signs a massive deal with like a, like a team that you don't really believe in, maybe he goes to Carolina or he goes to the giants or something. He got franchise tagged. He, he, he didn't get officially franchise tagged oh. yet, did he? Oh, fair. I think it's, uh, there, I he's he expected to be franchise tagged. They could still trade fair. him or okay. whatever, and he could get re-signed by another team. Um, he does actually have a trade listed here where he sent away Zay Flowers in his own 2024 first. I'm not exactly sure where that first ended up being. So it looks like he didn't finish 108. Maybe he was 107 or 106 or something like that. Um, and then he said as uh, uh, he got ETN and Damian Pierce. So he made this move actually on August 10th, heading into the season. So you thought you were buying. Travis Etienne, Damian Pierce, they're going to be RB twos or better. At least an RB one for sure comes out of that mix, potentially two RB ones and Etienne had a great season. So you don't really regret buying him, but Damian Pierce kind of fell out of favor. And I think the startup that I'm in, uh, or that I was in a couple of weeks ago, I believe he went like round 17 or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, again, I understand the process house money team. We probably even gave you advice like, oh yeah, you know, all you need to do is add a couple of running backs. You can compete, which was the case it's just the only problem is uh we didn't anticipate Damian pierce being a complete zero so we told you to make this move our apologies but yeah i mean looking back safe flowers obviously big time ascension 2024 first is at least the third best asset in this deal as well uh, depending on where it landed
0: Yeah, for sure. And if it's the 106 or the 105, it's probably the second best asset, if not the best asset in this deal. So definitely not ideal for you there. But again, I mean, you got some work to do. I would say calculated trades. Remember the process. Remember the ranges of outcomes because the trade that you made here is the kind of trade where it's like, I didn't think about the range of outcomes here. I thought about I'm getting two RB1s and that's all I care about. And you didn't think, oh, maybe what if Damian Pierce is like, because there was, I, I thought it was possible that Devin Singletary worked in more than a lot of other people thought. I thought it was possible that Zay Flowers could really, really ascend. I, You know, obviously, you know what the the consequences of trading away rookie picks are as well. So definitely keep that in mind with future trades. If you need to move off of some, uh, you know, riskier assets, you can definitely do that. But I do believe we can move on to the next team here, which is from Bailey K. High stakes league listed here. He's got 500 oh, yeah. bones on this one. Uh, 12, I believe-
1: uh, 12 man. What's up? I was gonna, I believe this is one of the uh, one of the leagues with Scott, uh, like from BDG. Yeah, I think I think it is as well, because I know
0: uh, Bailey's a big-time follower yeah. there. 12-team 12, uh, 12 oh, yeah. PPR, six-point for passing touchdown, one-and-a-half tight end premium, super flex Ooh. league. He does have a very, very solid quarterback core, though, with Kyler, oh, yeah. Dak, and Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift, Mixon, Jalen Warren, B-Rob, and Mostert. Wide receivers, Lamb, Diggs, Tank Dell, Sutton, Hollywood, and Michael Thomas, Evan Ingram, yep. Trey McBride, and Friermuth at tight end. Doesn't have Honking. any of his picks in 2024 other than the 410, but um, you're still in a very good position, and you have all <laughs> of your future picks probably 2025, 2026
1: is what he meant uh, there. There, so, so, I mean, go ahead. Real, real quick, I was just going to read it. So, like, let's just plot out the starting lineup because, again, it's a start nine league. So Kyler and Dak is your, is your quarterback slash super flex with T-Law mixing in there, depending on, like, if you want to take someone out there, regardless. Running backs, Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift are probably your main two. Wide receivers are going to be Lamb or going to be Stephon Diggs. Tight end, you're going to have Trey McBride. And then at two flexes, you have the option. Do you want to go Tank Dell and Sutton? you want to go Tank Dell and Joe Mixon? you want to go Tank Dell and Evan Ingram? Like you have- you got Warren you start- and B rob and Mostert yeah. too. If, if he's
0: back in Miami, like, yeah, you got, um, you got a lot of depth here. He says uh, he made a big trade prior to the season. He had Kyler on IR. So this is the trade that he ended up making where he sold off Jamar Chase, the 110, the 210 and the 310. So all of his future rookie picks by the looks of it, he received Dak Prescott CD Lamb stack 301 and Rashad Penny so let's break down how this kind of shakes out lamb and chase wash right yes. worth the exact same amount right now you essentially sold Smash. Dak Prescott or you essentially bought Dak Prescott Rashad Penny and the 301 for like the 110 and 210 Smash. and the 301 versus the 210s basically nothing you got the 310 it's not really worth a whole lot you basically got Dak Prescott for like the, one the 110 one, and the 210 exactly.
1: Yeah, which I'm taking every day, especially given your circumstance. I mean, he says right off the bat, this team sadly lost in the semis with a 13-1 and record. 13-1 record kind of gives you the idea of, hey, like, listen, making a move for a quarterback, knowing that Kyler Murray was going to miss at least half the season, super sharp. And uh, just for your fact that CeeDee Lamb ended up accumulating in value and ending up in that tier with Jamar Chase, like, I think clear cut, you prefer Chase, you prefer Lamb. It's an argument either way, whereas going into the season, it was pretty clearly going to be Jamar Chase in terms of value. This trade has worked out really nicely for you.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he he went up against a buzzsaw of Mike Evans and James Conner and St. Brown, Kittle and Ridley and Cooper in, in week 16, and then he outscores everybody by 60 in the finals. I feel you, dude. I had pretty wow. a pretty similar situation happen in our Tone Setter Truthers League where oh, yeah. I got absolutely hammered by... Amari ownership. Cooper and Joe Flacco in the Week 16 semifinals, and then Danny ends up winning the championship. Even though I outscored him in the finals, and I would have beaten you had we met no in the fantasy way. championship. Yeah, I, had I did like
1: 260 points.
0: Yeah, but I had I had a crap ton of points. No Maybe way. I didn't outscore you, but I also dropped like a, a haymaker of like 220 or something like that.
1: I mean, that's that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah, no, it, finals week. Like I think a lot of teams, like yeah, I I scored 227. You scored. 156 in the finals week. oh no
0: I didn't have a big finals week then uh, I, I, I also, just thought cause I had etn and a bunch of other guys that went off I had a big week okay never mind I'm getting uh, caught in a web of lies right now but anyways um just Bailey real quick as a Very good team. This is a very good team. You're going to be running this back for next year. I mean, there's not really much else we can say about this team. Like, you don't have the assets to, like, go and make moves. Does anybody stick out on this roster as guys that you'd sell off? Like, maybe DeAndre Swift or Joe Mick? Like, I don't know. With Swift and Mixon, if there's a chance that they're back with their original teams, they might be actually worth holding on to for a competitive team.
1: And what sucks about this team is uh, maybe I would say if you had, like, a Lamar or, like, a CJ Stroud or someone like somebody that's like held up on value right now at quarterback. You can move off of one of them, but I would argue all three of your quarterbacks always kind of get overlooked by the dynasty community. Like obviously T law coming off a bad year. He's falling in, in a lot of people's graces. Kyla Murray, the, he's got like a cult falling against. And I mean, if you're in a league and there's not Cowboys fans in it, like they think like Dak Prescott's like a seventh round startup pick. It feels like.
0: <laughs> yeah. One, I mean, Diggs and tank Dell are guys you could argue are by lows as yeah. well. I mean, McBride is a guy that some people haven't totally bought in on. Uh, Swift, Mixon, Warren, B-Rob, Mosert. Those guys are perfect running back depth for a competitive team, in my opinion. So, I mean, Swift is the one guy that I would say maybe you want to move Agreed. off of because people think he's going to get a big contract in free agency. I tend to think he'll get like a two-year, $10 million deal from some team. I don't think he's going to get a huge contract. So, if you wanted to move off of Swift with the anticipation that he gets a big contract, maybe you could transition Swift into Javante Williams, or maybe you could transition Swift into... I don't know. I'm trying to think somebody in that range, like a James Cook or a Rashad White, if it costs you a little bit more, maybe you could go up to somebody like that. Um, that would be really the only thing that sticks out to me though, because everything else about your roster is, is very well set up to just try and run this thing back. Hopefully actually winning the championship next year.
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe you can make the case that, oh, if you believe in the bounce back of Muth, I believe Bailey, you're 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 a Steelers fan. You're a big time Steelers fan. So uh if you believe in the bounce back of Pat Muth, maybe you see if Evan Ingram plus a uh, 2025 20, second can get you an upgrade at one of the skill positions, whether that's or I mean who knows? Maybe you attach Evan Ingram's DeAndre Swift in a pick and you can work up to an elite hammer type of running back.
0: Yeah, maybe you could buy low on JT or ETN or somebody like that um, at that point in time. So, yeah, you're in a pretty good spot. We could probably move on here to Shane's team. I want to make sure we get through these in a decent amount of time. We got a 10-team PPR, six-point for passing touchdown, one quarterback league. So Josh Allen, Baker, Rodgers, that's absolutely adequate there. Brees Hall, David Montgomery, James Conner, Brian Robinson, pretty solid hero RB build there. And then Amon Ross, St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson. That's, what, three of the top six dynasty wide receivers with um, Michael Pittman Jr., Christian Kirk, and some others. And then Trey McBride, Pat fryer also the same, ironically, tight ends of the last team. And then you have the 101 this year, the 107-201, and then all of your future picks minus your 2025 first-rounder. So, I mean, looking at Shane's team here, he says... uh the guy that owns 102, uh, 103 and 105 and 108 is dying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. He has 101, obviously. So he is in a position to add yet another top six dynasty wide receiver to this core. What what would you do in the in his position?
1: In his position, unless that guy's willing to give me his firstborn, is willing to give me the overpay of a century, like This is the type of team I add Marvin Harrison Jr. And I enjoy watching football on Sundays with, to be honest. Like, again, if he's willing to give you 102 plus an extra first of equity and you could still get Malik Neighbors and pocket an extra one, I'm not going to complain there. But unless he's willing to give you a significant, significant offer, like 120 cents on the dollar, I'm just enjoying Marvin Harrison Jr. on the squad.
0: Would you sell Marvin at 101 for Malik Neighbors in 105, 102 and 105?
1: I would. I would. Yeah? So that's now, like the it, type
0: of deal you're looking for, though. Cause yes. like we both agree that neighbors is a very good wide receiver prospect in his own right. So for me, it stands to reason that I would absolutely hear that guy out. He has 102, 103, 105, and 108. If his best offer is 102 and 108, I wouldn't do that. But if he's get, willing to give you one, two, and one, an three for 101 and 201 or something like that, I would absolutely be fine doing that. Cause then you you can secure Malik neighbors and maybe, um you know, uh, Odunze as well or whatever you want to end up doing with this. Um, But at the same time, like Danny said, 10 team league, we want studs and Marvin is going to be yeah. fun to watch on Sundays.
1: Yeah, that's right. What I was going to suggest, like if he's willing to give you 102 103 and then you could say, hey, I'm getting both Malik and Bowers or Odunze and I'm only giving up Marvin Harrison plus the 201 at that point, it's like too much value. You cannot pass on that. But uh, that that's where I'd be aiming. Like you, you say to him straight up, hey, we both know what Marvin Harrison Jr is. He's a generational wide receiver prospect. He's going to be going in the top 3, top 4 of the NFL draft. What's your best offer? And if he comes with Fugaz and he's like, ah, "I would be willing to give you, you know, 105 plus my 203 to go get it done." You laugh at his face and you go make the Marvin Harrison Jr pick. But if he says, "Hey, like I'm willing to give you 102 and 103 and I want maybe a later pick back, then you engage."
0: Yeah, so would you do it for 102 and 105 straight for 101? Would you do that? I would. I would yeah, you would do that. So I, a, I I
1: would presumably I
0: would be, Malik Neighbors and maybe Bowers falls to 105,
1: but probably wide receiver four. Yeah, and, and I would be aiming personally to see if you can get the 102 103. And even if I would rather have I would rather have 102, 103 than probably 101 and 107. So like if it came to that, again, I don't think you'd even ask that much, but if it came to having to give up 101 and 107 for 102, 103, I would probably prefer that than the 102 and the 105.
0: Yeah, I think if you threw in like a pick next year, like a 2025 20, second, and maybe just like a productive running back or something, yeah. I would maybe do 101, 1, 17 swap straight for one, two, and one, three. If he throws in his 2025 second and like Raheem Mostert or something like that, that would kind of make some sense to That'd me. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, you know, permutations we could go through with this yeah. team. The bottom line is you're in a very good spot. He also asks, would it be a smart move to move 107 for a stud running back like Jonathan Taylor, or ETN, or something yes. like that? I would say. I wouldn't. You don't need to. Like, I mean, uh, Dave Montgomery, James Connor, Brian Robinson. You're gonna find an RB two every single week with one of those guys. In my opinion. start like, nine though, yeah, start nine. Link, if you can get Jonathan Taylor yeah. for the 107, or if you can get Christian McCaffrey for the 107, or if you can get um, Travis Etienne even for the 107, or Achan for the 107. Like, I'm probably fine doing that. You're you're looking at what are you giving up? Wide rec- wide receiver five or wide receiver six? Maybe RB one in the 2024 class. So. I mean, I'm okay doing that. Hey. Like Jonathan Brooks is not, as much as I like him, he's not going to be rated higher than JT or ETN once he comes out of college.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree there. But overall, I mean, having that that pick bank, having the amount of talent you have on your roster, I mean, you mentioned here you were second in, point, in points for last year. I can see why. And adding an elite difference maker is going to be able to get you over the top. I really do think that coming even next year, you should be one of the top contenders in your league. So he thinks he says here, I think my team is young and competing, so he doesn't want to go all in, but he also doesn't want to finish second or third for the next three to four years. This is a team where you play it by ear. And let's just say this year you are six and one at the deadline and you want to make a move, maybe taking some of your young appreciating talent and going to get uh point production hammers at that point. You can absolutely make that move. I really do think you're on that type of trajectory.
0: Yeah, I, I like Trey McBride and Frymuth. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing what Laporta costs um, with the team like this. I guess you already have. Sam I don't Brown, mind holding so maybe McBride. Wanna, maybe, yeah. I mean, like people are really big on McBride. I'm a little, I'm, I'm like a him. little lower on McBride. I would say than than some people. So I would prefer to just just get the best tight end in dynasty if you can go after Sam Laporta. But sure. at the same time, if it's going to cost you a lot, he also has a couple of trades here. Sent away Najee Harris, received Christian Kirk. I think that was a great move. I really like. Yep. Uh, Buying low on Christian Kirk right now. Contenders, man, Christian Kirk, perfect flex play. You got two wide receivers and three flexes every single week that you got to start. He's going to be a staple second or third flex for you all season long, PPR, 14 point per game type of dude. We know exactly what Christian Kirk's going to be, whether they add a receiver, whether they bring back Ridley, he's going to be a staple guy. I think him and like that area of wide receivers, like him, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, they're perfect like buy lows for contenders right now because they don't even cost you first round capital.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I will say, though, not the biggest fan of this second deal. Stefan Diggs, Kyle Pitts, and the twenty-six second in exchange for Michael Pittman Jr. in the 107. The reason why is it just kind of feels rushed at this point. I understand uh, the 107 is going to gain value, but in a one quarterback league, I would make the case that Stefan Diggs, Stephon, uh, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Pitts are probably equatable. And then at that point, Kyle Pitts plus a second for for Pittman or Stefan Diggs plus a second for, uh, for Pittman, I would just rather have stayed put. Personally,
0: I, I'm a little higher on the deal. I, I would say it's probably fair. about fair to me. I think Pittman and, 107 Diggs and are are a
1: one quarterback though. Like if this yeah, is, I know but I would
0: prefer Michael. There. I think Michael Pittman's the best asset in this deal. To be honest, I agree.
1: I uh, know. I agree. So now
0: the best asset in this deal. And I think again, it's a one Oh seven in a one quarterback league. That's so it's where not, I'm at right, as valuable But at the same time, you know, if a quarterback, like somebody might in one quarterback league, somebody might still take Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels ahead of 107. You might still get wide receiver four there. You might get RB1 there if they get top 50 draft capital or something. I think it's a decent I think it's a decent pick. And if if this if you just swap this straight out, it's Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor for Stefan Diggs, Kyle Pitts and the the second because you're able to sell 107 plus something else. For Jonathan Taylor, then I actually feel really good about this deal because I don't think he needed to hold the risky asset nature of a guy like Kyle Pitts.
1: It really depends what 107 can get you. If you just stick and pick at that 107, I'm not going to like the deal. But like Corey said, if 107 ends up getting you a difference-making running back in terms of production... Then, yeah, at that point, you substitute it. It's Michael Pittman plus, let's say, Jonathan Taylor for Stefan diggs Kyle Pitts, And let's say you had to add an extra second to get that deal done. So it would be two seconds given up. At that point, because you fulfilled the running back need, because you got younger, at wide receiver, I wouldn't mind it. It's just with the asset itself of 107, I'm not content quite yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. That makes sense in a one-quarterback league. Um, let's move on to the last team of the video here. We got uh, yep. Brandon's team here. It's a 12-team PPR lineup format six point for passing touchdown super flex. He has Richardson as his only real quarterback here does have uh, the two guys that we just mentioned basically with Jonathan Taylor and ETN at running back and then nothing really else going on. Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Rasheed Rice, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, and then some other guys at wide receiver, George Kittle and Dalton Kincaid as his main tight ends. 107, 110, 112, 212, 407, and then an extra second and an extra fourth in 2025 as well. So, good shell so far, but kind of, I, I would say, uh, a misappropriation of assets currently, because you have two of the top six to eight dynasty running backs, yeah. but you only have one lockdown quarterback in a super Gardner flex league.
1: You. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. You all you have value built up on this team. The only problem is it's kind of in the wrong spots for you, where you want to be having Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne, but not having a quarterback outside of Anthony Richardson kind of gets you in a purgatory spot. So we'll go through some of the ideas for how to fix this roster makeup. But right off the back, that is very glaring. Like you should not have Gardner Minshew as your quarterback too, while also having two top six running backs in terms of market value.
0: Yeah, for sure. The one thing I would say about this roster before we get into his actual comments is, do you think this team can compete if he had say two veteran guys like Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield? Do you think you could compete with a team like this in a 12 team, six point for passing touchdown? Just, curious
1: I mean you would need a lot more to break right at wide receiver I would say like, your running
0: backs are boned if either of Taylor or ETN misses any time too right and I
1: mean you would need Keenan Allen to continue being a top five to eight overall wide receiver you need Rashid Rice to take the step that we saw in the playoffs which again I believe in so I have no concerns with that you need Jalen Waddle to be healthy you need Chris Olave to potentially get uh, a better situation there maybe Derek Carr plays better maybe better offensive play calling you would need a certain bit to break it, right? And then on top of that, like Corey said, you're not really backed up from a depth standpoint. Honestly, uh, you have the picks this year to be able to fix that. Are you using the one ten, the two twelve, uh, the one twelve, the two twelve to try to move up to get another hammer into the lineup? Like, are you going up to go get a Malik Neighbors? Are you going up to go get uh, a quarterback like Daniels, like Drake May with his team? I would be inclined actually to go after a veteran quarterback with the picks
0: that he has, because I think as I've talked about on numerous occasions so far, I think guys like Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence are very undervalued. So if you can use 110 and 112 to get Trevor Lawrence and maybe another running back, maybe it's Trevor Lawrence and Brian Robinson for 110 and 112, I would absolutely be willing to do that. The question is, is that what his market value is in your league? So it would really all depend on what you can actually use in terms of the veteran open market. If your league is full status, rookie fever, all the great landing spots, four or five first-round quarterbacks, everybody's excited about this class, then maybe you can get something like that done. He also asks, to somebody offered him C.J. Stroud for Richardson and one ten. So for me, apparently Mason told him to take this. I think I would do that as well because I like Anthony Richardson, don't get me wrong, but C.J. Stroud is a bona fide stud. We know this. It's also a six-point-for-passing
1: touchdown format. I agree, face value. I like that deal. But given the context of the team, I would really see what I can get for in terms of my quarterback two before I even consider upgrading my quarterback one. Can you go out and use 110 plus maybe a 25-2 and the 212? Does that get you Dak Prescott? Does that get you up into at least a two, three turn type of quarterbacks? Because realistically, you add again, like if you can upgrade quarterback after, sure. But upgrading to get your quarterback to getting a Dak, getting a Kyler, getting a Trevor Lawrence, whoever's attainable uh, at cost that can really fill that position is going to be the route you want to go. Because again, you can't risk the situation of having Garner Minshew as your quarterback too. So before you even think of upgrading your quarterback one, you have to get that settled.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, he also has listed here like do I draft Bowers if he falls to me at one of seven, because I already have two tight ends with Kittle and with Kincaid and stuff. I would say like, this is the type of team that you need to reach out to all the managers, take a real, like get a piece of paper out who's competing, who's rebuilding. What are, what, how are they valuing your assets? Are they valuing your contending pieces or your rebuilding pieces? Are they valuing your tight ends properly? Are as everybody against tight ends, is everybody valuing quarterbacks highly? Like you need some real market research on this league because Without knowing that, we can't give you the proper advice here because the answer to this this test, this quiz, could be sell your picks for veterans and try and compete. The answer to this could also be sell all your running backs off and try and refashion this into a, a one-year punt and yeah. then try and rebuild to 2025. So we kind of need to know exactly how your league thinks about all of your assets and competing and rebuilding in general to be able to know how to answer this because you're kind of in a rock and a hard place right now where you could go either way.
1: Well, right off the bat, seeing some of these deals that you sent your quarterbacks, like I understand it happened before the season, but you gave up Kyler Murray, you gave up Tua Tungvaluwa, and you ended up getting more in a package for Austin Eckler straight up than you got either of those two packages. Because, I mean, the 107 straight up is better than the Mariota 112, the 4th, 212, 25 second and Trey Lance combined. So you gave up two quarterbacks and the net return of Austin Eckler himself ends up being the most uh, liquidity you're able to make from these three deals. If, you know, running backs, wide receivers are valued highly, if quarterbacks are valued lowly in this league, I definitely consider going out and trying to get a quarterback. Like, I don't want to say, oh, can you can you get a take back Can you reach out to the same owner? But for what you gave up uh, Kyler Murray for, like, is he willing to give you a decent deal for Kyler Murray back? Is he high on Kyler Murray? Or did he just make this deal because he was kind of getting off the risk of Trey Lance for two and two seconds to get Kyler?
0: Yeah, you got you got fleeced on the yeah. Kyler Murray deal. Like I, I maybe could you mention you follow Mason? Too. I know Mason was big on Trey Lance. I, if you asked me this June first, twenty twenty three, I would have said hell the fuck no. Am I trading Man. Kyler Murray for that? So. I hope you learned a lesson from that trade because you got, you got bent over a table on that one. And then same to a tongue of Like as much as people at this time in 2022 were worried about concussion history and that kind of stuff, I still wouldn't have sold him for a late first round pick. I think he Agreed. still was probably worth holding at that point in time because just a couple of weeks before that he was worth like two ones or potentially well,
1: even more than that. Oh, I'm curious because November 6th, so that would have been what probably nine, right around 10? the time
0: that his concussion stuff was going on. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, that would be what, week eight, week nine, week 10? Oh, that was 2022. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was Uh,
0: probably right around that concussion stuff that he ended up, he's like, I don't want this risk anymore. I'm just going to get him off my team. And that's That's a panic sell. You got it when it sucks when stuff like that happens, but you really have to hold and and be calm through the storm and then reevaluate when you have more information. And I think, you know, had you made that trade, you know, a year later, you would have gotten way more for Tua law if you still had the same injury concerns that you had now. You just, you sold low on him. You sold low on Kyler Murray. You probably were a big Trey Lance guy. And I think even if you were a big Trey Lance guy, you still sold yeah. low on Kyler Murray.
1: I mean, to cap it off, okay. The way you fix this right off the bat is 110 plus, you know, a small piece, whether that's the 212 in a future second, whatever the case may be, you have to go get your quarterback, whether that's Dak Prescott, whether that's Kyler Murray, whether that's Trevor Lawrence, whether that's Brock Purdy, whether that's any of those type of guys going or moving up into the rookie drafts the, for a better pick. Jay Daniels, Drake May. Year. Yeah, like you have to figure out that quarterback two spot because, I mean, like we said, the rest of the roster does have upside to compete and you would still have the 107 to be able to add a Romo Dunze if it came down to it. On top of all that, I mean, you do also have uh, George Kittle and Delta Kincaid on this team. Like, can you sell one of them off? Can you use that to upgrade at wide receiver to upgrade maybe, uh, for a running back straight up? Like I'd be willing to give one of those two tight ends to go ensure my flex spots are secured as well.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the answer here is if you're trying to compete, see what Kincaid can get you. Cause you have, you can roll with Kittle. Then he's always undervalued yep. on the market. He'd probably be the Great. safer bet there. Then go after a quarterback and you know, see what else you can do there. If you're trying to rebuild, you probably want to see what you can get for your top two running backs and punt those picks into 2025 and 2026. Maybe you move up with 110 and 112 to get a rookie quarterback, like a Drake May or something, and then you could build around those two guys in the long term. So a lot of different directions you could go with this team. Unfortunately, there is no right answer here because I don't know what your league format is. I don't know exactly how people are valuing Great. things. And you might not know that for sure either, but you need to do some market research, reach out to some people, see who they're interested in, see what they're valuing, see what their strategy is definitely uh, take some time and spend some time doing that because you got some work to do here.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that evaluation quarterback to flex spots, and then you should be in a position to compete. Yep, for sure. So we are going
0: to uh, head out of here, sign out of here again. If you guys did enjoy this video, leave a like down below, subscribe, To the channel. If you are new around here, if you want to make sure your team gets covered on the next episode, the easiest way to do that is head on over to flockfantasy.com. Use the promo code FSE. When you sign up, you'll get 30% off a seven day free trial, six months for free. If you sign up annually, we'll probably be doing a listener startup draft in the next month, maybe the next two months. So if you guys want to get involved in that, that will be a flock fantasy subscriber exclusive draft. So that'll be another benefit of signing up. And of course you can get your team covered on these videos. We'll be running them once, maybe twice a week for the next couple months while we're waiting for rookie content to file through. We're a couple weeks away from the combine. We're going to start kicking up the, you know, tail of the tapes and the film breakdowns once our draft guide is out about five days from now. So also if you want our draft guide that is available on flock fantasy as well. And then dynasty trade calculators, bonus content, databases, everything you could need. If you play dynasty fantasy football will be linked down below in the pin comment flock slash FSC. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.